Chapter Twenty Five of the Old Tobacco Shop. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Nancy Cochran Gergen, Gilbert, Arizona. The Old Tobacco Shop by William Bowen. Chapter Twenty Five The Old Man of the Mountain. There is an old man, said Robert to Freddy. He lives on the mountain. I saw him once. They were sitting on the palace lawn, looking up at the mountain which rose behind the king's tower. The sun was directly overhead, and was accordingly hidden by the cloud. The lower slopes of the mountain were easy and gradual, but they grew steeper as they ascended, and at the point where the mountain entered the cloud it was a straight and smooth wall of granite, plainly impossible to climb. The king's eldest child fixed his big eyes on the tall young man beside him. "'I like you,' said he. "'I wish you would take me up the mountain some time for blackberries. "'Will you?' "'If the queen permits,' said Freddy, "'we will go to-morrow.' "'A long time had passed since the queen's return. "'A happy time, "'during which the five who had come with the queen "'were made to feel as if they had lived all their lives in a palace. "'The two old codgers were found by Toby, "'comfortably established in a double shop of their own.' on one side of which the old codger with the wooden leg sold tobacco, and on the other side of which the sly old fox sold jewelry, each of them entirely contented with his fortune, and settled down for life. The third vice-president had paid his respects at the palace, and was unable to talk of anything but his museum, for which he was devising many plans, including a method whereby the late Mr. Matthew Speak might be assured against ever being blown out of the window." the saintly person who had once been the church warden was occupied nowadays in a little room in the basement of the palace in copying in beautiful letters an ancient book belonging to the king mr punch and mr toby spent their time in exploring the city arm in arm very inquisitive very talkative and making friends with everybody mr hanlon's work in life was it appeared the climbing of the king's tower Every day he disappeared within, and every day he declared that he would mount to the top before he finished. But he had not yet got to the top, and there did not seem much prospect of his ever doing so. As for Freddy, not that he was called Freddy now, the king had given him a high-sounding name, the Chevalier Frederick, and by that name he was spoken of by everybody, except that Toby sometimes forgot and called him the Chandelier. As for the Chevalier Frederick, his interest was mainly in the Queen's three children, Robert, Genevieve, and James, and at the present moment the oldest, Robert, was sitting with the Chevalier on the palace lawn, gossiping. "'We will go tomorrow,' the Chevalier was saying, and then the little boy Robert went on about the old man he had seen on the mountain. "'I saw him once,' said Robert, just before Mother went away. I ran away from home, I did, and I was gone all day. Mother was terribly worried. I ran away to the mountain, and I was muddy all over when I got back, and it was dark, too. Mother was terribly worried. I was gone all day, I was, and I didn't get back until after dark. I didn't, and I was muddy all over. Oh, but it was dark. Mother, she was terribly worried. He stopped to think it over, and then went on again. There wasn't any tower then. It was just before the old chap came and built the tower in a night. 
You know about that, don't you? I ran away and didn't come home until after dark. I didn't. Mother was worried, and Jenny... I never call her Genevieve, because Jenny's shorter. And Jenny wouldn't go because she was afraid, and James was too little, so I went all by myself, and it was getting pretty dark, and I was starting home down the mountain, because I knew Mother would be worried, and I saw the old man coming down the mountain, and he didn't see me, and he had a pack on his back and a long stick in his hand, and a gown belted in about the middle, and he was kind of fat and bald-headed, and he didn't see me, but I saw him, and pretty soon he went down into a gully, and I didn't see him any more, and I came on home, because it was getting dark, and I knew Mother would be worried. Then perhaps we had better not go up there, said Freddy. Oh, no, said Robert, it's a grand place to climb and gather berries and flowers, and I'd like to see the old man again. Will you take me there today? Tomorrow, said Freddy, if the Queen will permit. At this moment Mr. Hanlon appeared, somewhat out of breath, and he and Freddy went into the palace together. He was quite jubilant. Faith, said he, tis a tower indeed, that tower, and a sweet little bit of a journey to the top of it, if there's ever a top at all. But it's Michael Hanlon will do it, by the bones of St. Patrick, and don't ye forget what I'm telling ye, me boy. I've been up there this day, so high, so high. I'll never tell ye how high. It's coming better. Me wind and me legs are better. In a wake, or two wakes, tis meself will be fit for the grand ascent, and then there'll be news from the top, and a proud look in the eye of Michael Hanlon, Esquire. Wait and see, me boy. The next morning, Queen Miranda having given her consent, Freddy and Robert left the palace for their day on the mountain. All day they wandered up the trails, and in the afternoon, when their luncheon was all gone and they were tired, they began to descend. It was growing dark. They had had a glorious day, and they were sorry it would soon be over. They stretched themselves on the ground beneath a mountain oak, and looked below them, past the tower, across the roof of the palace, to the city. There was no living thing in sight, except a bird which sailed across their view and disappeared. "'Well, Robert,' said Freddy, "'I suppose the old man who used to be here is gone. "'Come, we must go. Your mother will be worried.' They got to their feet. As they did so, a kind of groan startled them. They listened. It came again, from some point nearby. Freddy thought he could make out a weak human voice, trying to call for help. Drawing Robert after him, he climbed over a number of boulders and mounted to the top of a rise in the ground, and looked down into a deep gully, covered on its sides with rocks and bushes. What he saw there gave him a start of alarm. At the bottom was an old man lying on his back, with one leg doubled under him, his face up to the sky. From his lips came a groan, followed by a faint cry for help. His head was bald, he was rather stout, he wore a long white beard, and he was clad in a short dark gown, belted about the middle. His legs were bare, and on the foot, which was visible, he wore a sandal. Robert looked over Freddy's shoulder and whispered in his ear, "'That's him! He's fallen down and hurt himself!' It was true. The old man had evidently fallen, and he was plainly suffering. Freddy clambered down to him and knelt beside him. The old man looked into the young man's eyes and said, in a feeble whisper, My leg! Broken! 
help me home freddy assisted him into a sitting position and then lifted him up and held him i cannot walk said the old man unless you can carry me i must die here freddy was properly proud of his new strength and he believed that he could carry the old man where do you live said he up the mountain i will show you i beg you to carry me home i will do my best said freddy he turned his back to the old man and supporting him at the same time put the old man's arms about his neck and by a great effort got the poor creature on his back carrying him thus he began to go haltingly up the side of the gully the little boy watched him wonderingly it was a terrible journey the old man directed freddy from moment to moment and the way led steadily up the mountain by a course which freddy had not seen that day the burden on freddy's back became heavier and heavier he panted harder and harder under it he stumbled from time to time and every instant told himself that he could go no further the old man seemed to think of nothing but of getting home the little boy followed staring with big eyes freddy had gone but a short way up the mountainside when he felt through all his back where it touched the old man a chill his shoulders and throat where the arms of the old man touched them became cold as he struggled on the chill increased he felt as if he were hugging to his back a burden of ice are we nearly there he asked trying to wipe a cold perspiration from his forehead no no said the old man go on a long way yet you can't be tired so soon the cold upon freddy's back and shoulders and throat became a dead numbness he was too cold to shiver his arms too were now becoming numb and he felt that he could hold his burden no longer he stopped i must put you down he said i must rest a moment i don't know what makes me so cold no no said the old man too soon too soon keep on i cannot said freddy i am freezing my strength is gone i must rest with these words he let the old man carefully down and laid him on the ground he stood there panting and rubbing his frozen hands together stupid weakling said the old man staring up at him go and search upon the mountainside and bring me hither seeds of the fennel which you will there find and be quick for i perish freddy and the little boy hastened away together and at a distance on the mountainside found after a long search a few plants of the fennel with which they hurried back to the old man he was gone they looked far and near they examined every nook and cranny the mountain was steep at this point and difficult for any sound man for an old man crippled it seemed impossible but he was nowhere to be found he was gone freddy and robert turned homeward and made hard work of it the little boy became extremely heated with his labor but freddy remained as cold as ever it is true that he perspired but the beads upon his forehead were like the beads upon ice-cold glass his hands were so numb that when he cut them slightly on a rock he felt no pain his back where the old man had clung to it with his body was coldest of all he was so stiff that he could scarcely bend his arms or body many times the little boy had to help him down the chill spread at the foot of the mountain his legs were nearly as cold as his arms 
when they passed the tower his knees were as if frozen and would not bend the little boy put his arm about him and tried to help him walk he began to lose knowledge of his whereabouts he held out a stiff arm before him like a blind man and dragged one foot after the other like a man whose legs are made of stone the little boy weeping to himself took his icy outstretched hand and led him home the palace door was thrown open the little boy rushed in with a cry and turned around to his companion the white-faced rigid creature which was freddy stood in the doorway staring vacantly and fell slowly forward on its face upon the floor End of chapter 25 Recording by Nancy Cochran Gergen, Gilbert, Arizona